Good morning, OBC Radio. Oh, wait a minute. It's afternoon, isn't it? Yep, it's afternoon. <laughs> afternoon already. Welcome to the Story Podcast. My name is Corey Rosen, and today I have a super awesome guest, Mr. Noah Gibney. Noah Gibney is a 15-year-old musician from Wyoming, PA. Recently, he released an EP co-written with Grammy-nominated musician G. Love. The EP, the Serendipity Sessions, even has reached President Biden, which led to Noah getting to meet Mr. Biden. Currently, Noah has been doing shows with his Soul Jam Band group, the Noah Gimney Trio. You can catch them in Philly, Lehigh, Berks, and Lancaster areas of PA. You can find Noah and all of his projects on his link tree, Noah Gibney. Noah, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, man, I'm excited. So uh, you're 15 as of right now. Yep. How, when did you start getting into music? What, what's that story? Um, I'd say I always had an interest uh, for music, um, even when I was a toddler, like around three or four is kind of when I started picking up instruments. Um, I would say the first moment um, when I realized that music was um, what I wanted to do was at like around three or four, um, when I was with my family at the uh, West Reading uh, Market, and I saw this guy playing named uh, Bob Hassler, and I was like, wow, he was um, a blues guitar player. And singer, and I was like, "Wow, that music is amazing!" And I want to do that. So um, the story is that um, eventually, my dad actually asked him if I could just like kind of set up like a bongo or ukulele with him, and he was like the coolest guy, and was like, "Sure." And then with him, with um, playing with him, that was kind of like, "Wow, I can do this," um, even at just such a young age. And then um, from then on, I started picking up more instruments like the piano and the guitar. So. Yeah. At what point did you think you started making your own music? Um, I would say at like four or five, I would always kind of start um, by playing some like chord progressions and stuff like that and just being like, oh, this is cool. And I would say that that's kind of where my original music kind of started forming, I would say. So what hell has that, obviously, from a three-year-old to now a 15-year-old, yeah. a lot changes, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for sure. What are some of the things that you have prided yourself in in regards to changes as from a three-year-old to a 15-year-old? I would say, like, from each um, year that I've been playing music, I felt like the thing that I've been most happy about is my uh, growth mindset of just kind of getting better um, as uh, the years have progressed. I would say, like, um, I used to, like, when I was about, um, like, 11 or 12 is when I started doing, like, real full gigs. And I would say, mm-hmm. like, from from that was kind of the part where I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really doing this and playing music as um, kind of a semi-professional career. Um, And then I'd say from now, like now I'm expanding from uh, Berks County and playing in Philly um, and Lehigh County and Lancaster County now. So, um, and now I have a band too. So I'd say I just am happy with the amount of growth that I've made. What's the first thing that, that, uh, what's your reaction? You're a a 13, 15 year old at that, at that time. And you ask uh, all these musicians, hey, do you want to be in a band together? What's their reaction? Um, I thought, so I was kind of doing a a gig with this uh, guy named Matt Cullen, who um, plays drums in my band. Um, And he, I've known him because he's been a friend of my family. So he actually also took over the West Reading Market gig when I was about seven or eight. And he'd also let me sit in there. So Mm -hmm. um, that was also really cool. But he invited me back up a couple of years later to play with him. Um, and do a jam kind of thing at this place called Liberty Taproom. Um, and he had a bass player um, with him named Chris Kerr, who, um, and we all kind of clicked when we were playing together doing some of the original music. And um, I was offered to do another gig 
Um, like at the time, I was really just doing solo gigs. So I didn't have a band yet. But um, I was offered to do the gig, and I was like, you know what? Why don't we just do this as a trio? And um, they both were uh, really into that idea, and they decided to uh, play with me. And ever since, I've been playing with those guys, and um, we've grown so much as a band, I would say. so. Nice. It's, it's probably a good thing, because if, if I had a 13-year-old say, hey, you want to be in my band? I'd be like, you, you sure? Yeah, as most <laughs> people would. I mean, that was just very kind of them, and... Um, I don't know if they like realized that like it was that um like I would be where I am today I would say um like I like but they were just kind enough to jump on um to what I was doing and they were uh, very helpful in uh oh, guiding cool. me. Yeah, it's just been amazing cuz they both had have a uh, great uh music careers, so. So, uh where do you where are you since you're only 15? Mm-hmm. Where are you allowed to gig at? I'd say I haven't really had most ish or many issues with uh doing gigs um at places, but I'd say like I can play at some a lot of the bars. Like as long as they have food it seems like, then they're fine with me playing there. Mm. But just like a cup like I can't really do like the casino circuit, obviously, because I'm right. under twenty one or um some of the nightclub stuff. But um I've been like haven't had many issues, I would say. And especially like I think it's a better, like, now I'm 15 instead of 13, I would say, like, or 13 or 14. I'd say that that's better, a better look for the bar, I'd say, than having just, like, a little 13-year-old playing. But Right. I'm I'm curious. You started your career, this might be a little bit too personal, but let me know if I'm, go, I'm going too far. How Has puberty ever changed your voice? Or Yeah, I mean, I say, um, yeah, it, it definitely, I, my voice dropped a bit from 12 to 13. 13 I would say that's kind of when that kind of happened but I actually I like it was it took a little bit I'd say to get like adjusted to that but I like my new voice I'd say now so do you ever uh do you have anything recorded before your voice dropped and you ever listen back and like yeah (laughs) yeah this is my squeaky little voice yeah that's funny funny. (laughs) it's it is and uh it's always funny to hear the way your voice changes over a period of time especially Mm -hmm. when you uh regardless of puberty whenever you first start like seriously singing seriously right mm-hmm. uh your voice changes immensely uh i know some people who uh from here in college when they started as a freshman um and just when where they were then it was like oh but now now they're you know they're singing amazing mm-hmm. how do you think um you want to push your voice in new ways what uh and and your style um, I would say, um, like, I'm just kind of curious how my, vo- like, if my voice will drop anymore or anything like that, but, um, I don't know, but I guess we'll just have to see, but, um, I like the voice that I have, I'd say, and it kind of fits my style, so hopefully it won't change too much, so. Speaking about your style, we have some of your songs. Uh, we had the first one, Mystery. Let's talk about that one. Sure, yeah, so, um, that was one of the songs I got the chance to work with, uh, G-Love on, um. I got to work with him during the uh, pandemic, and um, we actually wrote uh, 15 songs together, and uh, the one called Mystery. So um, that was kind of one of, I think that was like the eighth song we wrote, so we were already kind of, we got each other by then. Um, And that song is kind of, like a lot of the songs on the Serendipity Sessions have kind of a similar message, I would say. And this one, like the idea of mystery and just kind of letting things just like take their path and just kind of going with it, that's kind of the main message. Is just to let things happen and that the right things will happen at the right time. Where do you think that came from? That come from you or for him? Um, I think that kind of came from 
the both of us, I'd say. Um, I always kind of like, as like, I know it's kind of an interesting topic for, uh, I was 13 at the time, like for a 13 year old to think, think that, like, yeah, about but that, I, yeah. I, I was kind of thinking of that because that was kind of a time period where I was like, I have to, like, I'm, I'm going to do this for real. Like, this isn't like a gimmicky kind of thing. I want to be a full-time musician. And I'm like, I wasn't sure how that was going to pan out. So I was just kind of... Especially during the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Especially, I actually think that the pandemic actually helped me as a musician, I would say. Because that was kind of before I was certain to do gigging and stuff like that. So that was actually happening at, like, the perfect kind of time. Because um, that's when... Because G-Love was off the road because he... He wasn't able to tour because he he was actually supposed to be in Japan and that was like the first thing that shut down. Right. Um, but he couldn't be on the road, so then he was kind of trying to find other ways to um, further his career. So he was kind of doing some songwriting sessions and stuff like that. So actually, I kind of didn't really hear of him much before the like right before the pandemic is when I really got into his sound. Um, and that was I was like, wow, some of his songs are just really, really actually like all of his songs are really amazing. Um, but there's this one on, um, this, um, Sirius XM station called drinking wine that really got my attention. And it was just like a really great groove to it. And I was like, who the heck is this guy? And then my dad, um, told me, yeah, this is G love. I knew his music from the nineties and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And then I decided to reach out to him cause I saw that he posted, um, that he was doing some songwriting sessions. And I was like, I just wrote him and, um, like a night before, um, and what he said is he was like, yeah, I'd be definitely interested in working with you. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. So, like, he wrote right back to me, like, the night after. And I was like, that's so, so cool that he responded to me. Quickly, um, that quickly. That quickly, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, it was in, it was a, during the pandemic, so I guess no one had anything to do. That's fair. So, yeah, it was kind of a combination of the both. But um, what happened um, was my parents were kind enough to um, have me have a, a lesson with him um, on my birthday. It was... Uh, and it was the first song we wrote together, and it was this song about the pandemic called Simple Song. And after that, I felt like we just really clicked with how we were working together. Um, and we ended up, yeah, as I said, um, writing 15 songs together. And um, we've been uh, great friends, I'd say, ever since. So, With that said, this is Mystery by G-Love and Noah Gibney. Oh 
that was Mystery by G Love and Noah Gimdy. Was that your voice or? Yeah, that was my voice. Really? Yeah, yeah I know. I, I recorded that like about a year ago, I'd say. So my voice has changed since then, too. Yeah. Yeah, was, uh, that's incredible. So, uh, what part did G Love have on that? Um, mainly with that song, or with all the songs from the EP, we really just kind of, he was really just on for the songwriting part of that. Mm. Um, yeah, that was kind of where we worked together the most in that kind of part, so. Cool. And that EP has gone a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. Tell me where it's gone. Um, I actually, um, was pushing it out on the, um, Spotify services and through CDs. And actually, um, this is kind of a funny story, um. I actually decided, I don't even know why I did this, but I decided to send my EP to um, our uh, president, uh, Joe Biden. Um, and I don't even know why. I, yeah, I still don't even know why the heck I did this. Well, here's but, the question. How, how would you even do that? Well, yeah, I just saw his um, um, email. Like, there's like a something that you can, um, on his website, where, or on the president website, where it's like email Joe Biden, um, um, like thank you messages or stuff like that. And I just was like, I guess I'll something I'll try. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I'll put something there. I don't even know why. But um and then um so I sent that kind of in I think May was when I sent that, like right when right when it dropped, um the EP dropped. Um and then I a couple months later in like July, I think is when um I got this um random phone call and um this is this is really funny. So it says unknown caller um, from Washington, D.C., and I was just, like, sitting on my couch with my parents, I think, just watching TV or something, and they were like, oh, I guess you can answer it. Like, I'm thinking, like, this is just a spam yeah. caller, like, oh, where, where's your warranty your expired warranty or something like that, yeah. That you don't even have. Yeah, that I don't, yeah, I don't even have, and then I was like, and they were like, are you Noah Gibney? And I was like, did I do something, like, wrong or something? Like, I was just like, my face got all red and stuff. Is this the FBI? And then it was like, and then it was like, um... Yeah, so um, President Biden heard your album, and he'd like to visit you because he's going to be in McCungie, PA. And I was like, what the heck? And still, like, my parents were like, this is a scam. What are you getting out your hopes up for and stuff? And um, then my mom just, like, researched this uh, woman who um, contacted me, and she seemed legit. Like, it was, um, like, her job. Um, I think it was, like, um, like communications director or something like that. Um, but um, so it all out. yeah, it seemed like it was legit, and he was gonna be in um, McCungie, PA. So we decided, yeah, we're gonna go, of course. Um, and um, it was kind of interesting, an interesting place, like with the security. So like we had to like wait, um, like outside for a bit, and like all this um, Secret Service were there, and it was like I was like, what? This is it's all really scary. interesting. Um, and then so like there are certain people that were like there just for the speech and then also like a couple of people got like these like red wristbands that and I guess we got them. So that meant that we were going to be visiting uh President Biden um and so um like when it happened like it was like all the people with the red wristbands come here and then like we took like four lefts and four rights and like it was almost like an obstacle course through like the Mack truck plant and then we got um to the room it was like this waiting room with um, where the photo shoot and meet and greets and stuff would be. So and then we were just waiting out there. And then there were some um, other really cool people that were there too. Like um, Josh Shapiro was there, and also the uh, governor of Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf, was there. Um, and it was just it was cool meeting them too. And um, I also gave them my CD too. But um, also one thing that I wanted to do was see if um, 
maybe President Biden could um, sign my CD and just and I because I had one side signed for him just because I thought that was cool we could trade it off and this woman was like kind enough like most of the time we don't do this just because we have to like investigate if it was like something like a threat or something like that which it obviously wasn't but they have to take those precautions and stuff like that but um so we handed her the CD and then I was like I saw the Secret Service and I was like panicking and I was like. Like, do you know how, like, there's, like, if it's, like, a red button, like, don't press, and then mm-hmm. you, like, want to press it. So I was, like, like, they said, like, the, this woman who was helping me, she was, like, you don't need to say anything to the Secret ser- Service. And I was, like, okay, I guess. Like, I was just freaking out. And I was, like, is it all right if I hand a CD? And they're, like, oh, I guess. Like, I was, like, all, it got all silent and stuff like that. And it was, like, freaking me out. And I was, like, oh, well. And it's just, it was funny. And then, so... Like, there was a time, like, when we were in line to meet him, and then, like, all of a sudden, I saw President Biden. I was like, holy crap, this is actually happening. It was crazy. And then um, my whole family went to this, and we got to, um, like, when we um, got to visit him, he was just, like, a great guy, and he was, like, making everyone feel, like, super comfortable. And it was cool that he actually, like, remembered me, and he was kind of telling me stories about how his dad was, like, a saxophone player and stuff like that. Yeah, That's I didn't know that, but I didn't it was know that either. yeah, his dad played music or something like that. But it was it was really cool getting to meet him. And then um, after that, so we got to go see the speech, and I was like, I wasn't sure if he got the CD or not. Um, and it's funny, like this guy kept saying like, "Yo, Noah," like, and I was like, "What the heck is this all about?" And then I was like, "Did I do something wrong or something like that?" And here he has the CD for me signed, and it was like it was a really cool message. It was like, "Remember me when you're on the charts," and I was like. Of course I'll remember you're the president. Of course I'll remember that's, that's, that. That's a hard forget <laughs> that right was there. Just, yeah, that was a great story. Um, and um, since then, I've actually gotten some like um, postcards and Christmas cards from him. And I think I'll actually oh, wow. be able to f- visit him again sometime in the fall at the White House. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was an amazing story that, of course, I'll never, ever forget. So. Yeah, re- remember me when I hit the charts. Like, I'm not going to forget of course. the president <laughs> of the United <laughs> yeah. States. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's, I don't even know where to begin with that one. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me, um, when, uh, if, if, are you familiar with the Boy Scouts at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm an Eagle Scout. And so, uh, whenever I, whenever you become an Eagle Scout, you get a president, presidential letter saying, mm-hmm. congratulations. It's, Somewhat personal, but you know, it's like copy paste kind of thing. Yeah, but it's still, it's still, you get like the pre- presidential seal. I th- and I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure it's, it's either them or somebody. Uh, they send you an American flag as well. Mm. So I, I still have mine. I got mine from Trump. Um, you know, regardless of mm-hmm. of any yeah, opinion. Yeah, of course, of course. It's incredible that I, I, I have it still with, uh, with me because it's like, oh, I got the letter from the president. This is yeah, I know. my name in it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like no matter what, like anything from the president of the United States, like it's regardless, just like, wow, wow, yeah. that's amazing. But yeah. So, what notoriety at all if you have from that, or has anything come of that? Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's just a cool story to tell. Yeah. Um, I'd say like. It's cool, like, I can, like, but it's always funny when, like, even, like, teachers this year were, like, so you met the president? Like, what the heck? Yeah, right. Like, like, people, it's just, it's a fun story to tell that is really unique that I don't think many people can say they experienced. So, it's always just cool to, like, yeah, when, it, I mean, I, I always, I don't really like to try and bring it up. Like, I like uh, to have other people discover that. And then when they ask me, of course, I'll tell the full story. So, mm-hmm. yep. 
So what? Uh, speak. You you know you're still 15. You're are you still in school? Yep. I'd imagine yep. So. I still go to Wyoming uh, Junior Senior High School, and I'm uh, in 10th grade. So what is it like with your classmates, your friends? Uh, is there any like oh that's Noah Gibney or is it just I mean, like oh that's Noah? It, it's kind of somewhere somewhere in the middle. I mean, I'd say it's just like I go to school and I have normal friends and um it's yeah I wouldn't say like I it's kind of a tough age like to like where people are like into music and stuff like that because like it's almost like like I want to do that like music is where I want to be my where my career I want that to be so like kind of like when you're in like your teens and stuff like that it's kind of like it's not like this fantasy like oh I'm going to be a professional baseball player like it's kind of like oh I either am going to do this or I'm not going to do this and that's kind of like where people are like kind of like starting to think like is it is this really going to happen or not because it's like it's not like a fantasy i'd say because you're you're well you're actively living it out Mm -hmm. yeah yep so it what do you think for college do you think college at all yeah i think that of i i think i'll be ending up uh, going to study music um as uh at a college level um i'd say the place that i'd love to go to is the berkeley college music austin Um, right yep Mm-hmm. That's definitely somewhere where I see myself going. So, yes. What would you want to do? Is it music production, audio? Pro- do you want to be your own composer and uh, or own producer rather? Or I'm honestly not sure. I mean, I think being a per- I always enjoy being a performer too. But I also love song. Like I really like every single part of the music industry. Like I'd say, like I could see myself as a producer, songwriter, or performer. I'd say. So I'm not really sure where that'll be, but I guess. A little bit of mystery is where it's got to go. So, you have a, a a way of connecting with people that I find interesting. Uh, have you? Why do you choose like? Oh, that's G Love. I'm gonna try to connect with him. Oh, that's President Biden. I'm gonna try. Uh, who else have you done that with? If anybody at all. Um, I'd say that I've really kind of done that. Um, like my method is like the worst thing that could ever happen is someone says nope. That's not going to happen. Like, that's the worst thing. So, like, why not reach out to people and see if they can help you? Like, that's kind of been my main method of um, growing as a musician and as a person. Like, always just take a chance because when the worst thing that is no, and you already know that, that that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. And there's, like, there's still a chance that this person could say yes. Um, I'd say that that's kind of my method. Um of being a musician and um, connecting with people. I'd say, like, really, um, Joe Biden and uh, G-Love have been the two main successes of that, but um, now currently it's kind of with some booking agents and stuff like that that I've reached out to that have been um, a huge help with booking gigs and stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of my main method of um, growing as a musician. So you mentioned booking agents. How how did you... I guess the the the, the question I, I want to know is being a, a very young person within the industry you you're making all these connections are people just taking chances on you or or is it uh just the who you know knows another person um I say it's a combination of both I say like I mean obviously when people see like oh a 15 year old kid is playing music like they're like what is this like is this even like worth my attention right but I'd say it's a combination of people taking a chance and also just um, kind of connecting with people through other musicians I've known. Like it's all it's really really um, amazing when musicians will kind of recommend me. Like that's kind of what happened, with, which uh, led me to getting into uh, Music Fest. Is that 
Like I submitted on the Sonic Bids website and I didn't get it, but I was like, I'm not going to give up because I really want to play Music Fest because it's like such a cool festival. And I just kind of reached out to a couple uh, people and some musicians uh, recommended me to play that festival. And it was just really cool um, that I was able to get into that just because of um, them um, recommended me recommending me uh, to play this festival. So I'd say it's always a combination of both, I'd say. Fair enough. So uh, what do you want to do in the future? Are there a few, uh, I assume you're going to continue making music. Is there music in the works? Yes. Um, I'd say, um, yeah, I definitely want to put out some more albums and um, keep playing with a Noah Gibney trio, I'd say. Um, I'm actually working on doing some songs right now for an, um, a new upcoming album. I mean, I'm not sure yet when that will be released, but I'm definitely due um, for some new music to be put out um, on Spotify and stuff like that. So. How do you market yourself? Um, I'd say um, with marketing, um, hmm, trying to think how I'd answer this. Um, I usually like. Are you talking about more with gigs or more with um, gigs yourself, your music? Uh, here's one thing. Uh, here's a funny, quick side note. Every place I go, I, I've been to Tone Taylor's. I've been to Guitar Center. Hmm. Just for, you know, random buying stuff. I always go back to the board and I always see your card. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> That's amazing, actually. Um, yeah, I'd say you just always have to put yourself out there is kind of my marketing. Because if you don't put yourself out there, then no one else will. No one's going to know. No one will know. Like, if you have the greatest song in the world, but no one heard it, like, then is it really the greatest song? Like, so that's why you got to put put yourself um, and make sure to promote yourself as, um, by even, like, business cards are great. And also something that I've been recently doing that's been a huge help is an email list. Um, mm. Yeah, so I just kind of post that a link to um, subscribe to that because what it does is like, I mean, even with like Facebook and Instagram, like those are kind of two of social media, two main things for that. But um, I'd say with the email list, what it can do is like, you can write like a message that sounds like personal, like, Hey, it would be really great. Like, even though it's like a mass send, but it's like, Hey, it'd be really great to see you at a show. Um, So my upcoming dates. Yep. (laughs) And then I can like, Normally what I'll do is on every Monday I'll post the gigs that I have coming up um, and just like other events like I posted um, that I was going to be on this podcast or um, just stuff like that. Um, And it seems to be a help um, because people can see everything just on one email. And I mean, a lot of people do check their email still though, Um, but it it seems to work. So that's why I'm going to keep using that too. Yeah, that's that's something I'm going to have to get on is email chains and because I didn't realize how successful. I thought, oh, it's email. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what I thought too. Yeah, but it's snail mail. It's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I yeah. I mean, it's hard to like because I I don't I didn't even know like I'm subscribed to a couple of different um, email lists and like I I realized like oh I actually do like use that like for some of my favorite musicians like I, I'm on their email list and I'll just be like oh I guess like a new song was released that I wouldn't really know about cuz sometimes with like the algorithms and stuff on Facebook oh, for sure. and Instagram like it'll get lost in that yep. but like with an email list it's 100% sending to you and it's whether you open it or not so but yeah so what are some really funny stories uh from you gigging around or <laughs> you can tell yeah, I mean, there's been some really f- interesting stories. I'd say, like the more you, the more I've been playing, the more interesting things that I've had. I mean, like there's been some fun stories. Um, I'm trying to think with something. Oh well, I can. Here's something that was fun: was playing with G Love at TLA in Philadelphia. That was a really fun time. 
Um, so what happened was like I had a so he was doing this um, kind of like pre pre show party kind of thing. I think he calls it like G loves pop off, and he gave us tickets to get to that. And then there was like I'd say I think like a hundred people probably got that. Um, and it's like a thousand. So like one tenth of the people that um went to t- this show um were at this private or not private um pop like pre show pop off um concert. So what and he decided um. Like, hey, I, you're here, Noah. So why don't you play a song with me? And I was like, the th- like he was like, why don't you play my guitar? But the thing is, I'm I'm a left-handed guitar player, so I can't do that. But I had a feeling that this would be an issue. So my dad had, um, um, he, we brought my keyboard along, and we, um, it's funny. So my, I was like, go get the keyboard from like we weren't that far, but like here's my dad like running with this giant bag, like it looked like it was like a body bag or something like that, but. Um, and then I was able to play some of the songs we wrote together. And it was just, like, a really cool experience that led to um, more gigs, I'd say. Like, um, one of the people um, that was there owned a place in, um, I want to say, Briggerstein. I think that's where it was in New Jersey. Um, and they offered me a gig for that. But that was, it's just really cool. It was a really cool experience uh, doing that. So, it's really interesting what you can do if you just have your instrument. I, this is something I've, I've kind of done for a while now. I play piano as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I will always have my piano in my trunk. Always. Yep. First off, I'm lazy. Second off, <laughs> it, it's it's like a it's like a $100 keyboard, so it's not that expensive. Yeah. It feels like a Nord. Uh, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I bring it around, and whenever open mic or uh, if – if people, I go to a gig and they're like, hey, come on, you sit in, you want to sit in? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Boom, there, easy. Yep. And then from there, it's, because as a musician, you're always looking for opportunity. And, but to look for opportunity, it's, it's, uh, what, 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 oh, what was it? It was preparation meets, uh, opportunity or, or luck, something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, but you got to be prepared for that opportunity to pop up. That's, it's, a, uh, that's the gist of the point. If you have your uh, piano, your instrument, or whatever, and you're going out to a gig, uh, and at least you know the person, mm-hmm. yeah, make sure you know the person. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can ask and be like, hey, you want uh, a saxophone on this, or you want a, uh, whatever you play on that, it, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, and that most likely, if you know them, they'll probably say, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Even like no matter where I go, I mean, I I, I play guitar too, so I think that's a, a little bit easier to carry around than my uh, oh, keyboards. Sure. Right. But um, like I'll just bring that. Like if I'm going on vacation to the beach, and like actually, like when I'm traveling, that's kind of when I get the most inspired because it's like mm. a new way of um looking at the world. I'd say like if I'm at the beach in um New Jersey or something like that, like it's a different experience, which will cause like my brain to think differently and write differently. So that's why I like traveling. Like you'll hear that a lot of the touring musicians, like will go to like Japan for a couple of months or like Jamaica or something like that, just to get like a new perspective and get inspired. So what do you think inspires you the most? Um, I'd say the thing that inspires me the most to play music is just because I have such a passion for it. Like, I'm always happy when I'm making music. Like, it was funny. Like, um, I had, like, school for, um, like, two just two days just because um, it started on Wednesday um, of last week. And I was like, oh, this really, really sucks. As Like, I'd much rather be playing music like I did the, all summer. And then, like, I had a gig on, like, the Thursday, um, the second day I had school, like, right after that. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in heaven right now. Like, it's like, 
just it just always makes me so happy when I'm playing music. So that's why I continue to do that. So, have you ever? Uh, you mentioned traveling. Have you ever gone on tour? I haven't really gone on a tour, but I mean, I I mainly been uh, staying to um, like the East Coast kind of Mid Atlantic region, I'd say. But mainly, um, I've been playing in just Pennsylvania and New Jersey, and I actually have a show coming up in um, New York too. So I'm really excited for that. So. That'd be fun. Yeah. Playing mm. in New York. Yeah, it's in uh, Queens. It's at this place called Bar Frida in October. So, Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, I've been there, actually. Yeah, I've actually never That's been cool. there. So what? what is it like? <laughs> uh, it, you're going to have fun. That's cool. Uh, we'll yeah. Put it, we'll keep it there. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a great space, I, I think. And well, I haven't been there in a long time. Huh. I'll, I'll preface with that. Uh, we have another one of your songs. Cool, yeah, let's give that a listen. Shooting Star, tell me about it. So Shooting Star is kind of like um, a self-positivity song. Like, um, Kind of like when I was writing this music, it was also at like the same time when the pandemic was kind of happening, and I wasn't really sure where my music career was going to go. So it was kind of just like the point of the song is like basically kind of like looking at myself almost like in like the mirror almost and saying like, hey, you're doing okay, everything's going to be all right. That's kind of the end like, like that's kind of the main message is like to be a shooting star, like, like, um, and not to like worry. I'd say that's kind of the main message. With that said, and this is on your EP as yep. well. Yep. With uh, G Love. Yep. This is Shooting Star by No Gibney. Okay. 
that was Shooting Star by Noah Gimney. It, um, it sounds very much Beatles. Yeah, that's definitely for that song. Um, yeah, I mean, we I was kind of mainly talking about the lyrical stuff, but it's cool. So for um, melodic or melodically and harmonically with the instrumentation of that. I was definitely, there were a couple of influences on that, especially with the ending with like the Yoo-Hoo kind of part. Like that was kind of like a John Lennon inspired yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like kind of like that Imagine kind of thing. I thought that was kind of cool to add like when I was working on that project. Um, um, and also another influence for that was kind of the doors and kind of that kind of stuff too, like with the roads kind of sounds and stuff like that. But definitely for that song, it was kind of 60s kind of yeah, it's ex- yeah. stuff for that. What are your influences overall? I'd say I kind of have a couple of different influences that kind of um, are part of my music. Um, I'd say, and they're all kind of different too. Like a lot, there's a lot of different genres that are kind of involved in my music. I'd say that kind of collects for my sound. But I'd say definitely something that's like more subtly heard is definitely the Grateful Dead kind of music. I'd say with some of, the, especially with the live stuff. I mean, it's tough to replicate that in the these recordings, but. Especially with the live stuff, um, with some of the so a lot of the improvising and taking uh, solos and stuff like that, like that's definitely has a huge influence on me, and definitely like it's kind of a secondhand influence because Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead were influenced by jazz music, and I'm also influenced by jazz music a bit too, um, and also I'd say something else that um, has a big or someone else that has a big influence on me is this is probably more heard. Um, is Bill Withers, I'd say. Um, really? Yeah, just um, a lot, of, especially with the newer music that I've been making. I'd say, like, I really kind of got into his music um, uh, right after he unfortunately passed away mm. um, during the pandemic. Um, that's when I really got into his music. And just, like, his whole vibe is just amazing with just, like, the soul kind of stuff and how it's just, like, laid back. And it's it's just amazing music. Um Trying to think of some other influences too. I mean, also actually, also another kind of soul, that kind of combines the soul music and the jam band music of, which kind of like it's what Noah Gibney's trio is kind of based off of is the Allman Brothers. Like kind of mm. with how they have that soul kind of feeling with like the organ and the, um, I'd say that definitely has a huge. In- their music has a huge influence on me too, and definitely like the classics like the Beatles and. Actually, there's some newer guys that I've been really getting into, um, like in this, uh, like obviously all those were 20th century musicians, but some 21st, that's, yeah, that's I weird know. to say. That's kind of an interesting <laughs> thing to say, but like um, music from the 2000s and 2010s that I've been really getting into is um, there's some really cool music out now, like by this guy Leon Bridges definitely has an influence if you ever heard of him, and also this newer guy named Steven Sanchez is kind of like he actually kind of has an influence on the 50s, I'd say. And um, actually, a guy from the area named Watson Mack was playing drums with him in the band. And that's kind of how I got into him because I know Watson a bit. Um, But it's like a lot of the it seems like now, like there's a lot of different like throwback kind of uh, music out there, like especially with if you know uh, Silk Sonic with Bruno Mars um, on there. If you even know the postmodern jukebox. Huh. I'm not sure if I heard of them, but I got to listen to them then. What what they do is they take uh modern pop songs and sixties them or puts them back in the fifties and re- cool. rearranges them and it's they're wildly popular. That's cool. I think actually my piano teacher told me about that or something like that. Yeah, I was gonna say when you said that that sounded like super familiar, but I definitely have to check them out then. 
Yeah. So you, we mentioned all of these things that in the past that you've done mm. are gone. What are you doing right now? Currently, yeah, like as I was saying, I'd say just focusing on songwriting, I'd say. Like I definitely need, um, like I'm working on a new album, as I said, like a lot of that stuff. I'm Like I've definitely gotten better since some of this recording, um, even though it's only been like a year. But and also I've been mainly focusing on gigging too. Like I've been like this week actually was a lot like the big the most gigs I've played in a week. It was like four gigs. Let's say it's Labor Day weekend. Yeah, so I was just kind of hitting hitting all different areas and stuff like that, and just kind of expanding um, my music um, out to different places. Like def- like this year, um, I spent a lot of time playing um, music at the beaches. Um, like actually, just this Friday I was in um, where was I? Cape May, that's what, sorry, that was my first time there, but it was just, it's cool to play in different places just to see, because different people appreciate music differently, so I'd say mainly what I've been doing is just gigging and kind of defining what my sound is, um, I'd say, and working on mm-hmm. writing new songs, and I'm looking forward to releasing some new music soon, so. Speaking of what you're doing presently, you have a gig right after this, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yep. I'm actually um, playing um, a duo gig at the B2 Bistro from 3 to 6. It's my first time there. I think that's actually their first time uh, doing live music there. So oh, wow. they reached out to me about that. Um, so I'm a, I am actually have a new project. So Chris Kerr, who uh, plays bass in Noah Gibney's trio, we've been mainly kind of doing some, uh, it's called Noah Gibney and Chris Kerr duo kind of stuff. So um, it's kind of, it has, like, we play almost like every genre you can think of for that. So, like, there's definitely something that you would like there. Like, um, and also it's cool cause he, he had a solo, uh, career too. So I get to play some of his music. He gets to play some of my music and we both get to mix in some of the covers we like to play. So it's a lot of fun. And also I'm on, um, uh, like for no give me trio, I mainly just on keys for that, but I get to play guitar and, uh, keys for this, uh, new, um, project. And also Chris care doesn't just play bass. He plays like eight different string instruments. So yeah, of course, it's definitely interesting um, playing with him, and um, especially because we also do an, a gig every week at the Hitching Post in Lee Sport, PA. So um, playing every week has just been uh, great in um, getting us like tight, like kind of how like the Beatles played like every day. I think like it's kind of like to extent wow. like where they'd play like eight hour gigs and stuff like that, and that's how they got better and put in the ten thousand hours. So I'm just kind of doing something similar to that. And it's definitely been helping me in my playing. Like, the more you play, the more um, comfortable it is and the more comfortable I get and the more I can challenge myself, I'd say. What is one area in your songwriting that you really want to push? Because you mentioned you want, you're working on your songwriting skills. Yes. What's one area you really want to push into? I think, like, now like that I'm 15, like, for the album um, that I released, uh, the Serendipity Sessions, a lot of that was written when I was uh, 13. So now I've kind of seen the world a little bit better I'd say, like, a 15-year-old knows more about the world than a 13-year-old. And obviously, like, as I get older, it'll get um, better lyrically because I just know um, the world better, I'd say. I'd say, yeah. So, we um, also, for that album, I this is a question I wanted to ask but I forgot about. Sure. Uh, is there a main theme in that album? Was it a planned thing, like, like, like a typical album is? Or was it more of a concept? Or I'd say there's kind of, like, it's kind of a mix between um i'd say it's definitely kind of about like positive kind of like the positivity is a main message i say throughout the whole album with all the different tracks like um with the the title being the serendipity sessions um 
it's kind of like serendipity has kind of been a um, a word that has really been helping me with also kind of what I said with mystery that the mystery song it kind of ties into that um, I'd say where it's like just letting things happen at the right time and if it didn't happen it's, there's obviously a reason for that and just kind of trusting the universe I'd say and then also some of the songs are just straight positivity like um, I have two songs on there called uh, Down the Shore and All Summer Long. Um, so those are kind of just like positive summer songs. So I'd say the main message would be positivity for um, that album. So, Speaking of Down the Shore? Yeah, I guess we should play <laughs> we that have, one. We then. have that one. Yeah, we do have that one. So uh, so it's it's more of a happiness, chill vibe? or um, I'd say it's actually, it takes more influences from New Orleans. It's interesting, it's called Down the Shore, but it's kind of, like rhythmically and um, with the um, music to it, it's kind of has like you'll hear it, it has like a New Orleans kind of feel, and it's just it's it's a really kind of funky kind of song I'd say. Um, it's funny because down the shore, it's it's a term around here I've noticed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going yeah, down like, the shore. Down the shore, yeah. That's actually G Love kind of because he's like me and him, like he's from Philly and I'm kind of from the Philly area. So yeah, like people say that when they go to New Jersey, like they're not saying we're going to the beach. They say we're going, we're going down, down the, the shore. shore. Yeah. That's that's so funny. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm I'm not from around here. Oh, but okay. yeah. So whatever yep. I heard, that, I was like, okay. Yep. Going down the shore. That that's yep. awesome. So it's a funky, funky, chill. Yep. Mm-hmm. And also, kind of the message is like a positive song about just having a great time at a shore. So, with that all I said, this is "Down the Shore" by Noah Gibney.
That's definitely one of my favorite songs. I'd say it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, there's a really great vibe to it. That's definitely one of my favorite ones for sure. Yeah. Did you get actual musicians to play like the horns and all that jazz, or was it some synths? Um, yeah, that was kind of more synthesizers for that um particular part. Actually, for the album, I played everything for that. Oh wow! Like, yeah, drums, bass, guitar, keys. Yeah, but that's cool. So we have uh, some of uh, general questions that I like to ask sure. most of or all of my guests. What is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever uh, been given? Um, I think, um, like, the best – I'm trying to think now. Um, huh. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, i say the best advice is that, like, there's no way that you could make it in music if um, you don't love it. So, I mean, if you're going right. to go all the way in, you got to go all the way in. So that's probably – I think that might be the best advice that I've ever gotten – and then also, I think another piece of advice I've gotten is, I know it's hard, but um, sometimes you just got to be patient with, and because sometimes like things take time to um, go through, especially in this business. Absolutely. So, yeah, those are definitely two great pieces of advice that I've gotten. I say it's people say, well, I'm going to pop up and go viral. It's a, it's so rare that people go viral. It's so ra- don't expect to come yeah. into it, and because it takes it takes longevity is your success right mm. yeah even like people like that you think went viral i mean there's a lot of things one of the led things, up to that that's just right. like the one thing like you were doing a bunch of stuff and then all of a sudden it just peaked so and, and most of the times it's that one thing that went viral yep. it's, it's that only one thing mm-hmm. and uh some you know one hit wonders are exist for a reason yeah mm-hmm. so if you do it long enough, you'll gain a following. This is this is a long term business. Yeah, plan. for sure. Yep, for sure. Yeah, what, 
And I mean, speaking about that too, is that like the thing that I like the most about music is that I can do that for the rest of my life if I want to. And it'll like, always be new. Yeah, of course. And then like if you're like an athlete, like you can't really do that. Like there's no. going to be a certain time where you peak and you fall. But um, I'd say for music, I can just keep growing as I get older. So what is one of the biggest mistakes that maybe you have made or you've seen other people make within your industry? How can we prevent that for future generations? Um, I would say, I'm trying to think, is, huh, I'm trying to, these are oh, good questions. Um, I'd say the biggest thing is actually, like, kind of being impatient. Like, mm. I, that's kind of been something, like, I'm just an impatient kind of person, and people that know me. But, um, I'd say just let it, like, following kind of, what like, I'd say following the message of my songs has actually been helpful. Um, and just kind of letting things take their course is what I would say is something that people uh, sometimes struggle with. And then, that yeah, that's what I would say would be um, something that you want to stay away from is just, um, like, worrying that things aren't going to work out. Because if it's um, if you want it bad enough, then I think it, it'll happen. So That's, that's one of uh, my biggest mistakes, actually, is is uh, being impatient so m- and then overreacting. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, oh, I want this person on. And then I call them, and they're like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's tough. I mean, but like people, people usually come yeah, around. People are cool. Yeah, but you gotta be, sh- you gotta test your uh, know, know the limits, know the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like different people take different times um to like catch on to what you're doing. Like I mean, like some people get it right away. Some people it takes a couple weeks. Some people it takes a couple months. Like it's just everyone's different. Every like it's everyone's perspective on you is different. Yes. So I think the thing is to just. Like if if they ri- if it's um something worth having um then it'll happen at some point so and like we said longevity is your success mm-hmm. so you're gonna have to be patient no matter what yep what is one way oh have you ever uh, dealt with rejection how did you deal with that yeah I mean that kind of goes back to um what I was saying before about um like having like when the worst thing that people can say is no. I mean, like, also, sometimes no could be no, just means no for right now. So, I mean, right, like, course, yeah. even, like, I'm I'm only 15. So, like, if something were, someone were to say no right now, like, it's not ready for now, I mean, like, I still have many more years to achieve that goal. If I didn't get it right now, I can get it later. So, I think that's, that's the best way to handle sometimes when people just say, no, this isn't the right fit. And also, I mean, like, sometimes things just aren't the right fit. Like, I mean... Yeah. If it's like a death metal club, like they're not gonna have a country band playing, so I think you just have to like wait for the right fit. So, what's one of the most memorable lessons you've ever learned? Um, I would say, um, something like just to like don't don't worry about like sometimes like what I've noticed is just like currently like sometimes like at certain places like the crowd isn't always perfect at like certain periods of time, but then like. I say that also goes back to being patient is just letting things like sometimes like for like the first couple of minutes and stuff like it'll be like less people there than you expect. And you're like, oh, man. But then like after like 20 minutes or so, like people will start coming because like everyone um, like no one goes there like at a gig or something like that. No one's always just like right on the dot with time. So I say again with the patience, that's kind of the a big um, lesson of advice that I've got. If you could tell one thing to your future self. What would it be? Um, As opposed to your past self. 
Um, I'd say, um, like, I'm just kind of, like, one thing I'd say is I'm just wondering, like, how how will I get to where I get? Like, I'm just mm. curious, like, how things will um, pan out for me. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. On the inverse, what's one thing you wish you would tell your, your younger self? Um, that um, I'd say just, uh, like, there's no need to worry about where you are right now because things will come soon. So. <laughs> what do you define? as success um i would say um success comes with being happy with what you are doing like whether like if i'm playing music as um a living like if that's what you would want then um that would and like really um what i'm trying to say is that um if you're happy with what you're doing i'd say it's a success so as long as you like fit the needs that you want then i'd say you are a successful musician last question where can people find you? Um, I can like um, I play around um, PA a lot, and also in New Jersey and now New York. So I'd say um, you can definitely um, come out to a show if you follow. Um, if you click the link tree, is, that's in the link. That's in the, the link. Thing. In the yep. description. Yep. Send the link to the uh, uh, page. Um, if you click that, um, that'll take you to everything that you need um, about like shows and stuff like that. Um, and where I'm playing, and um, if I'm dropping new music and stuff like that, and some articles on me. So if, if you're interested in the story and um, some of the songs you've heard, it definitely would be great to see you at a show or something like that. Um, and definitely feel free to click that link tree and make sure to check out what I have to offer. You have some gigs coming up as well. Yes. Um, I have some really cool events coming up in September that I'm really happy about. Um, I'd say... Um, so. Some of the more uh, basic kind of things that are happening is um, every other Tuesday, um, this is also posted on the Facebook and Instagram, um, I have an open mic. So if you're a musician... Um, Wait, didn't, I, didn't you just start that? Yeah, I started it um, Yeah, a couple of months ago. So um, that's def- it's a great space at uh, Chatty Monks in West Reading. Um, that's definitely... If you're a musician and you're looking to start connecting with some other musicians, that's definitely a place where you'd want to be. Um, and as I said, it's every other week, so it's not this week, but it'll be the next week. So um, definitely check out um, that on my page, and if you're a musician, definitely would be great to see you there. But then also, I have some other cool shows that are happening too. Like um, actually, next week I'll be playing at this place closer towards Philly called Chaplin's. That's a cool um, music venue. Um, I think it's actually maybe um, Chaplin, um, the I think actor maybe. Did some stuff like started there or something like that. I think that's why it's named that. But that's a cool venue, and there's some other cool bands that are kind of similar to the sound I have. So that would be a great place to explore my music and some other bands' music. And then also another cool show that I'm looking forward to is in Philadelphia at the Hard Rock um, Cafe on um, September 25th. That's a good land. Yeah, that's yeah. I got that through a promoter, so that'll be cool. And then also I'm playing here in Lancaster on uh, September 16th at Columbia Kettleworks um, with my trio. So um, that event, there, more details will be posted for that. And uh, maybe if you're tuning in from Lancaster, um, it would be cool to see you there too. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful first day. This is the Story Podcast. If you want to follow us, you can search us up anywhere, wherever you do your streaming, wherever you do your whatever, YouTube, TikToks, all the things. You can look up The Story Corey Rosen, that's C-O-R-Y-R-O-S-E-N. Please be sure to follow, like, subscribe, share with your friends if you have enjoyed this episode. Tonight we have another episode popping out. We have a a rapper from Harrisburg. His name is Genius. And this week we have, it is filled with people. We have 
Uh, Tony Wayne, he's a he's a guitar. He's one of the guitarists for uh, Blues on a Loose, and he has his own project, AP3, and other other things that he's got going on. We have uh, Quentin Jones from QDK, who is coming on. He's he's uh, a local guy who plays all around all around the the nation. It's a really cool dude. And we have uh, photographer Vince De Stefano coming on Thursday. If you really want to support us. We have merchandise and stickers for sale uh, with the shirt on the front. A uh, shirt. We have the shirt on the front. We have the shirt and hoodies with the logo on the front and the first 50 guests on the back. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you guys later. Bye.